630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. I was going to say program, and I just decided to say show. Almost Shoo. combined two. Yeah, exactly. Almost. It's not as eloquent as uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, saying He's uh, good. <laughs> we're horror awful, which is one of the best combined words of two words of, of all time. Horror awful. Horror awful. I love it. <laughs> Uh, the Jays had a 4-1 lead. Now they don't. They're tied at four now with the Boston Red Sox. They're in the top of the seventh inning. So uh, yeah. the old familiar problems uh, are rearing its ugly head on the Jays, even though they had a convincing win last night over the uh, Red Sox. Uh, it's not going so well uh, tonight, but let's see if they can turn it around here. BC Lions quarterback Nathan Rourke, and uh, the uh, CFL's top performer of the week, second time this season. The Canadian headlined the league's top performers for week three after throwing for 436 yards. That is a single-game CFL record for passing yards by a Canadian quarterback. Four touchdowns in the Lions, 44-3 thrashing of the Argos on Saturday. Of course, he was uh, week one top performer of the week after having three touchdowns, rushing for two more in that 59-15 route of the Edmonton Elks. Also, Malik Henry of the Calgary Stampeders and Winnipeg Blue Bombers D-lineman Willie Jefferson, also named uh, top performers of the week. Henry, uh, pretty good against the Elks. Six passes for 173 yards, including the key touchdown after a Nick Arbuckle interception. And uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, one play to Malik Henry, boom. And the Stampeders pulled away after that. And Willie Jefferson had a pick six in uh, the uh, Bombers win over the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which uh, we have a 0-3 matchup uh, coming up. The 0-3 Edmonton Elks against the 0-3 Hamilton Tiger Cats. Four o'clock is countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott and Blake Dermott. And then Morley Scott and I will be at Tim Hortons Field providing you with the play-by-play just after 5.30 right here on 6.30 Chet. The Edmonton Riverhawks, well, 6.30 Chet is the official sponsor for the Edmonton Riverhawks Canada Day game. Cheer on the Edmonton Riverhawks as they take on the Nanaimo Night Owls at Remax Field. That is at uh, uh, 7.05. And after the game, the Riverhawks are welcoming fans on the field after the game to have fun with the Brass Tastics, a Mardi Gras style uh, Mardi Gras style brass band before the fireworks at 11 o'clock tickets on sale now at cohawks.ca we're giving tickets throughout the day not right now but uh we are giving tickets throughout the day on uh, 6 30 chat in the mornings with uh the afternoons with Jalen and I and of course mornings with uh, Chelsea and Daryl we'll probably have a pair of tickets to give away before the week is out uh so that is pretty pretty cool so there you go um Hockey Canada has been under fire. Uh, More companies are withdrawing their sponsorship from Hockey Canada in response to the organization's handling of an alleged sexual assault and out-of-court settlement. Retailer Canadian Tire, telecommunications company TELUS, announced they're withdrawing their support for the upcoming World Junior Tournament. That's uh, taking place here in Edmonton in August. Earlier today, financial institution Scotiabank was the first to announce it was halting its Hockey Canada sponsorship. 
Uh, yep, that's uh, been a very contentious, contentious story, that's for sure. Uh, what else can I tell you about? The uh, Vegas Golden Knights, they have added to their coaching staff. Of course, Bruce Cassidy now is the head coach. As he was fired from the Boston Bruins, Peter DeBoer now the head coach of the Dallas Stars. Uh, they announced uh, three more additions as uh, Sh- John Stevens, assistant coach, former head coach, Sean Burke, director of goaltending, Mike Rosati, named the manager of goaltending development and scouting. Vegas is never boring around this time of year. They're in on everything. So we'll see what they do in free agency as well. Uh, this is kind of a cool story as well. Lori Kane will play in her final CP Women's Open this August. That's a pretty nice story. Uh, 30th consecutive year that she will complete, uh, compete at the CP Women's Open. That will be her last. It takes place in August. Um, just trying to see where the tournament is this year. Uh, Ottawa Hunt and Golf Club. So Lori Kane, uh, we've had her on the show, I think, once or twice. She's a very, very well-spoken person and a real good ambassador for the game of golf. Of course, Brooke Henderson is just a, just a huge star in the game of golf on the women's tour. And you look at the men's tour, the PGA, you got uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin. Uh, it's been uh, really nice to see those players and some more. I mean, Roger Sloan, there's some others as well, but really you got Brooke Henderson and Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin. I mean, those are the great quartet. Uh, we were hoping to hear from a hero go out tonight, but we're apparently we're not going to do that. Plans have changed. Uh, so we will try and book a here uh, another night. Uh, let's do this. Uh, Kellen, we're going to do some things on the fly here. Yeah. So uh, if you could get the uh, Colin Chalk clip on Broberg and Holloway. That's I got it right here. Right it's now. ready to go. Awesome. Very good. Colin Chalk is not the interim head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. That's the Oilers' top affiliate in the American Hockey League. Just like the Oilers took the interim tag off of Jay Woodcroft, they did the same thing with Colin Chalk, uh, the Condors, because he took over when Jay Woodcroft was called to the big leagues. Uh, Philip Broberg, Dylan Holloway, two players that could very well be on the Oilers' next season broberg probably is a lock holloway maybe not to start but at some point he factors in but here's chalk talking about both individuals broberg right obviously with me running the around the power play got to work really closely with both those guys so i'll start with with broberg first um you know wanting to learn uh, wanting to be coached um uh, great uh, wants to win um you know all those sorts of things um you know some things that uh, we talked about trying to get him to to work on is his shift length uh, um you know trying to uh, trying to do too much maybe at the uh, at the american League level and that's no that that's from a want and from a desire to win and and, and to be personally successful so um great young man a great bright future compete uh, you know skating poise vision uh, all those things are excellent um you know and, and it's the old saying is players and people coaches they end up where they belong so you know his play will determine um you know where he starts uh, and then equally as difficult is, is how long he stays 
so nothing but uh, nothing but positives uh, for that young player. Uh, Dylan came in, uh, as you know, you know, near the end of the season, off, off a long layoff. Um, came in and it was like, um, you know, he was so excited, had so much energy, uh, so much adrenaline running, I think. Um, but then he, after a short time, just when the, the coaching change happened, I kind of was starting to run out of gas a little bit, uh, I feel. Um, so uh, we were able uh, collectively with the staff to do to help him a lot and, and I think the biggest part for, for Dylan is that um, he loves the physical play um, he was so coachable on the little details about stopping on the puck and playing on the inside and getting inside his check and you know winning puck races um, you know he went from someone who never penalty killed before to being on our and being in our top four or a penalty so he brought some other elements to his game that for him to, to start in the National Hockey League, he can bring some other things different to the table. Um, so I thought uh, I thought he really, really uh, evolved down the stretch there, and, and our team was winning, and that and that helped him. The veteran players, uh, you know, he was he was on a line with Brad Malone, so you know, Bugsy kind of took him under his wing, and um, you know, it was it really was amazing to see that kind of up and down in such a short period of time so and then you know he went and played a uh, an NHL playoff game so you know excellent uh, you know and they both did so I mean it's uh, I, I would say if you thought about that in the beginning of the season I'm not sure if many people would have uh, would have would have thought they'd be playing uh, playoff games for the Oilers so I think great you know that's in the past and they got to have a big summer and they got to be ready to uh, turn a job come training camp. Now let's stay with Dylan Holloway, who was the uh, 14th overall selection of the Oilers in the 2020 NHL entry draft. He played 33 games for the Bakersfield Condors. Remember, he had that uh, scaphoid injury in his wrist uh, that needed surgery, so he it took a while for him to actually start playing, but uh, he played 33 games for the Condors, 8 goals, 14 assists, 22 points, and added uh, 2 goals, 2 assists in 5 games in the playoffs. Uh, he had 4 points in those 5 games. So uh, Holloway, you know, I don't know if he'll be a factor, uh, at the start of the season, definitely, you know, going to come to camp and 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 push for a job, and you know maybe he just needs to season a little bit more at the uh, at the AHL level. Uh, a player that I would think is definitely going to be on the Oilers next season is Broberg, and he did play 23 games for the Oilers, one goal, two assists for three points, had the one playoff game. I think that was game. Was that game six in Los Angeles? If I'm correct, I think that's. That's what's coming to mind here is uh, Broberg played uh, kind of sparingly in that game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he played the one playoff game. In Bakersfield, 31 games, he had four goals, 19 assists for 23 points and had one assist in four playoff games. Uh, we talked about Evander Kane, and Bob brought him up about the arbitration case with the Sharks. Could that play in the Oilers' favor? Could they actually acquire uh, Kane, who would – you know his uh, would his contract would basically be reinstated, and he'd be a San Jose Shark again if he wins the arbitration case over the grievance that the Sharks filed against Kane. Um, but Elliot Friedman talked about how much interest Kane could actually muster in free agency. I think it just depends on what he wants, right? Um, uh, I, I think it, it really does come down to what kind of contract he's looking for. Um, you know, one of the challenges with Kane is that he's played for a few teams already. And, you know, some of those teams aren't going to, 
want to go back there. So that cuts down your market a little bit. Uh, I think that there will be some teams. Like I, I really think it comes down to the contract. You know, I was talking to one agent yesterday, and the one thing that he's talking about is that there's not a lot of money in the system. And it's gonna like there's gonna be some guys who are definitely gonna get paid. Like Johnny Goudreau is gonna get paid. Philip Forsberg is gonna get paid. I think Cadre gets paid. Um, like I think there's there's a few guys that are really in excellent shape for getting paid. But I think after that, I think also with that is what kind of team do you want to play for? Um, you know, there's some teams that have money that aren't um, that that aren't really that good. Uh, I think that's a factor too. Like I think all of these are issues. I don't think I put it this way. I don't think Kane's market is as big as some of the other markets will be for some of these players. But I think what it really comes down to is what kind of deal he wants. And like, like I, I think there's teams out there who'd be willing to go four years for sure. I just don't know how many are going to want to go longer. Yeah, it sounds like I mean eight million doesn't sound realistic. Maybe six million is more like it. Maybe maybe a bit less. We'll see. But that's interesting from Elliot Friedman's perspective. Is you know don't think that all the league is just going to be like oh hey let's throw money at Evander Kane. Uh, there's still going to be some caution, and there's just some teams that have been there, done that, and they they're not going to go down that road with Evander Kane again. Now a road that the Oilers would like to go down is probably goaltending. What about Billy Huso, who had a pretty good season with the St. Louis Blues? Here's what Elliot had to say about uh, Huso's prospects in free agency. I think there's going to be a pretty good market for him. Like I do think there's going to be opportunity for him to, um, you know, look around and, and, and see what's out there. I mean, the, the one thing is that, you know, the one thing about Huso is that he only costs you money, right? Like, you know, for example, uh, John Gibson costs you assets. And um, I, I think there will be a good market for Huso. I, I don't think he's really. I think St. Louis knows that there's a good market for Huso, and it's going to be extremely difficult for them to keep him. So, be interesting. I mean, there there are quality goalies on the market. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury is older. I don't know if that would be an option, but Darcy Kemper just won a Stanley Cup. Would he want to go back? The thing is, is when you win a cup, and, and Bob already referenced it. You know, Stoff said that you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of roster maneuvering because they're going to lose some players because they're up on UFA deals, and you know how it is. You win a championship, you want to get paid because you feel you are of a certain value because you won a Stanley Cup. So Colorado, they're going to have a lot of movement. I mean, I, you know, it's funny because the 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 Avalanche goaltending situation in the playoffs again proves what my theory is and i know reed is big time on goaltending and and he called it you know he better just call it the national goaltending league and i totally get that total you know completely goaltending is the most important position my my thing is you never really have to overpay for it that's the thing is you can get a goalie on a good value deal and and he can do some good things and you know kemper was four and a half it was going to be a four and a half next year well maybe not probably not but, you know, there's Braden Holtby, there's Martin Jones, there's Jack Campbell. You take a chance on him. I know uh, John Gibson's name keeps coming up, but you're going to have to you're gonna have to make a deal for him. So, so there are options. And uh, with Mike Smith 
you know, we don't know what his status is, and I would imagine there is a desire to move on on from him and bring Stuart Skinner up, but I don't think you want Skinner starting. I think you want him in a backup role. So you got to go find someone to be a starter. You know, Huso is definitely someone that has been talked about being linked to the Oilers or having interest from the Oilers, but he's going to get a lot of interest from other sources as well. All right. We'll take a timeout, and then we will be back to wrap Inside Sports for a Tuesday evening. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. And it's gone from bad to worse for the Toronto Blue Jays. They're down 5-4 now to the Boston Red Sox. They are in the top of the eighth inning. Edmonton Elks getting ready to play the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Friday. Canada Day from Tim Hortons Field. Uh, one more practice tomorrow. It's a close practice today. Uh, it was just the, the walkthrough practice. Day one is usually just a walkthrough, and it was a long walkthrough today. It was about, uh, oh, I would say close to about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 40 minutes, somewhere in that range. Uh, James Wilder Jr., the most significant name on the injury report, uh, limited with a shoulder injury, but uh, still time for him to uh, be available for the game on Friday. Short week in uh, a big travel uh, day on Thursday, cross-country travel. And Chris Jones talked about keeping things simple. The, the, Manny Arsenault, do you have to keep things simple in a short week? Nah, I wouldn't say that. It's yeah. just being a pro. You got to handle the task that's at hand and get ready for the new week. And I guess the best thing about a short week is that you can put that previous week behind you as you tend to sometimes have to wait a full five, six, seven days and kind of reflect back on the past. But now it's time to shift gears, hit the reset button, and get ready for um, a Hamilton football team that's coming ready to play football this Friday night. And mentioned earlier, I, I think there is a chance that this could be the game that you see the least amount of roster changes. Uh, because looking on the field, at least today, I didn't see a lot of new starters, for example. Uh, Brady Sheldon was back in the linebacking core. Uh, he missed last week's game with an injury. was pretty good at the Will linebacker spot uh, against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, eight defensive tackles. I, I thought he's, uh, you know, I thought I think he's someone that Chris Jones like. He's long, he's physical, uh, rangy. Kind of looks like a Dexter McCoyle type body, uh, and Chris Jones likes that type of, uh, of player. But a lot of movement, uh, players out. I mean, five players were released yesterday. One was brought back, actually. Ethan McConzo was on the practice roster, a Canadian defensive back. Uh, but, uh, you know, Colin Kelly was released, um, and that's just because the club prefers, and Chris Jones likes Martez Ivy, who he traded for along with Jalen Collins for a, a draft pick earlier, right at the end of training camp. Uh, but, you know, why are all these moves being made, especially the, re the uh, releases? Well, again, a lot of it's cap related, unfortunately. I mean, uh, you know, we still we, we kept a lot of guys the first couple of weeks because of injuries and nicks and bruises and things of that nature. And uh, we had some cap room in order to be able to do that, to try to evaluate who we had on the roster. And now after a couple of weeks, we had to trim it down this week. And we're just trying to, again, every decision that we make is to, to try to win a game, try to win a great cup. Those are the decisions that we try to make. 
So game time on Friday is 5.30 from Tim Hortons Field. 0-3 Elks against the 0-3 Tiger Cats. That'll be a very tense game. Countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott, who will be joined by Blake Derma, will be at 4 o'clock. Uh, thanks to Connor McGahey, Bob Stoffer. They joined us via the CertainTeed hotline. CertainTeed, pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. Love hosting in the big chair, Kellen. Thanks for your help. That was awesome. Yeah, was it was good. fun having you back. Uh, we got Esco the next couple of days here, so everybody stay tuned. And uh, it's going to be fun to get him in the big chair and, uh, you know, grill him on all things sports here. See what he feels like. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be uh, two good shows, that's for sure. Reed will be back on Monday. And, of course, next week is the NHL draft. Week after that, uh, free agency begins on the 13th. Oh, it's going to be a busy time in the sporting world uh, for sure. So my thanks again to Kellen Kennedy, studio producer. I'm Dave Campbell. And I will talk to you from Hamilton, where the Elks will take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Canada Day. Have yourself a very good evening. Good night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.